you are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined, as always, by Adam Mattis. Adam, Luca speaks better Spanish than me. Speaks better Spanish than me, too. We're both bad Mexicans. <laughs> we're both we're both Latinos, but we're, we, we both are. Better, but he speaks better Spanish than your, both of your us. Your last name is Mattis. My my mom's maiden name is Martinez, and I and neither of us speak as well it, <laughs> in Spanish. <laughs> he was as, good. As it was impressive. Poor um, Blake, Blake Griffin. Griffin. Yeah, his was okay. Hola, Mexico. <laughs> Luca, he's so good at every. He's better than us at everything. Everything. Anthony, everything. He's going to start a podcast. <laughs> oh, man, he would definitely be better than ours. <laughs> uh, today's show, we are going to, as always, kind of take you through the night's games. There were four of them tonight, so we'll take you through those. In the second segment, we're going to, on Sunday, everybody whose contract were signed in the summer are eligible to be traded. So we are going to offer up a primer on that momentous occasion. The unofficial opening of trade season. Trade season. So we're going to figure out which teams can actually change the title picture by making a move. And then finally, this is going to be a recurring segment for us. We're going to have a power ranking every single week. This time it's not going to be teams. This time it's going to be MVP candidates. 10 through 1. I've got a great list. It's going to piss you off, though. I do. Last week, I was very nice to you. I put the Lakers mm-hmm. number one. This week, I think you're going to be a little upset. I can't wait. All right, let's start. <laughs> <Me neither. laughs> All right, let's start, though, with the with the Knights games. I'm going to go ahead and start with the Philadelphia and Boston game. Hey, Adam, did you hear that uh, Charles Barkley and Shaq were hard on Joel Embiid? They were. I did hear that, yeah. They feel uh, he wasn't assertive enough, right? Literally the entire game. So I know you were you were getting ready for your game. Denver played in yeah. Denver tonight, so you weren't able to catch the audio of, of much of the other games. Mm. The entire night, everything that was about Joel Embiid was he did something good, and see, see, this is why we're hard on him. Like, you don't have to explain yourself. The dude came yeah. into the season out of shape. If yeah. you're hard on a guy, like you don't have to apologize for it. I, I thought it was it kind of set a really awkward tone while Joel Embiid had an incredible game. The TNT guys I think are fantastic. They're one of the best studio shows sports has ever seen. I do think that some of the criticisms can just be – they can be a little too much. You know, sometimes they're the show too much, and yeah. and this, this maybe is an example. But um, but Joel Embiid tonight, 38 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists. Plus 21. You know, Plus 21, yeah, team high plus 21, just dominant. I mean, absolutely dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with Philadelphia, and this has been the case of a couple teams, uh, Denver included, but with Philadelphia, we talk about something's off with them. They don't quit, quit, look right. I think a lot of it, it all starts with your top player. And when Embiid plays like he did tonight with clearly out to make a point, clearly with a bit of a chip, on, not really a chip on his shoulder, but like feeling like he actually has something to prove. He goes out and drops 38, 13 and six and looks like the most dominant center in the NBA. So um, it, it's funny how a team looks right when their best player looks right. I liked the way that he forced the issue. He got to the line 14 times. That's yeah. what that's what you want to see from a big guy. That's what you want to see. I will say, though, you know, this is a thing that seems to have happened this year more than ever. Mm-hmm. You know, Boston's on the second night of a back-to-back with travel. Um, and it was a home game, but they they came from Indiana to Boston, played last night. It's just – it's one of those things where was this an impressive win for Philadelphia on the road against, um, you know, such a big opponent in Boston? Of course it was. But, 
Talk about a second night of a back-to-back. Are you surprised? I mean, Philly was playing without Horford. I think that kind of evens the scales there a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. But it's just another one of those where it just seems like we got those a lot. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the, the national TV schedule this year has been really weird. Way too much New Orleans. Uh, let's move on, though. We already talked about Luka at the beginning of the show. Dallas Let's beats, talk about him again. <laughs> Dallas beats Detroit in Mexico City. I thought it was really weird that Dallas played Detroit in Mexico City and it wasn't nationally televised. Yeah, that was, that is actually really, really weird. Um, I, but you know what? Luka Doncic, I'm sorry, appointment television. Yeah. Every single game. I mean, there, I don't want to miss another Luka Doncic game for the rest of my life. If it's just every time he is on, I want to be able to catch him. 41 points tonight, 12 rebounds, 11 assists. He did this in less than 34 minutes. Yeah. Like that's a full stat. That is the best stat line for Hall of Fame caliber players. He did it with ease tonight. Had a plus was a plus twenty nine, and it's not the first time that you have looked at a box score and thought Luca played thirty minutes and was a plus thirty. It just seems to happen uh, more often than than maybe you would think. I I I find it fascinating that he's doing this in a Rick Carlisle offense because usually, I actually think it fits. No, I no I I I think. Initially, my concern was that Carlisle would try to to tinker a little too much and and micromanage a little too much, but he's figured out a way to make the offense such that Doncic can just go out and do exactly what makes him special. And and this year has been a special season. I, I actually just, I just think it fits. I think with with Carlisle, yes, he's been a micromanager or this or that, but. When you do the perfect thing every time, you yeah. don't have to micromanage it. And yeah. Luca, you know, so many Some people coaches still will try though. Yeah. But Luca, you know, his his skill and the reason where I just think this is a sustainable thing for him, he doesn't beat you on the first step. You know, most guys when they are as effective as as he is, there's a move, some type of crossover, and now mm-hmm. he's got you beat, and now he goes. He sort of doesn't beat you to the very end. So many guys, when they're guarding him, they think, okay, I've contained him. I've stayed in front of him. I've stayed in front of him. And then at the very last second, he does some either change of pace or falls away or whatever and breaks free. And you don't know your beat until he goes into a shooting motion when you're like, oh, my gosh, yeah, he got me. Or his passing motion or whatever it is. He just – he's – I. he is maybe the most in-control player in the league right now at 20 years old. I mean, LeBron exists. And so does James Harden. I mean, yeah. those guys are. In, but I'm telling you, Luca is in control of the game. Ele- 41 points and 11 assists in 34 minutes. That's almost a point and an assist every single time down the court. <laughs> that's like, pretty wild. And he's, not, I'm not, he's I'm not averaging try- it. He's I'm not, averaging a 30 point triple double. I'm not. I'm not trying to take away from him or whatever. I just. I. I, I think we can. You know. I. I don't want to go I'm too talk- crazy no, with I, hyperbole. We're not going. I'm telling you right now, we are not going too crazy with this. I understand your. I understand it, and we do do this a lot where we talk about it. We are not going too far to say he is in control. The ball goes where he wants it to go. He goes on the court where he wants to go. Like it just guys think they're staying in front of him. They think no, he's just going getting to the spot he wanted, and you kind of just have to make it as hard on him as possible. It kind of reminds me of like prime Chris Paul, but he is in a six nine body. <laughs> Man, I, but I'm telling you, he's, he's just so slower, good at like getting to his spots. Than and, that. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's talk. Let's look. Cleveland also beat San Antonio 117 to 109. We don't need to talk about that though. Uh, although Tristan Thompson did scream at his dumb. coach. That was that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh the last game that I do really want to talk about here before we move on and, and get to the trade portion of the show. You were in the house for Denver beating Portland. 
in a game that the score is not really indicative of how not close it was. This was a, a, a get-right game for Denver, who had been on the road and had a pretty tough schedule. Of course, that Lakers loss on national television. They go and um, they play Boston on the second night of a back-to-back. Philadelphia on the road, where Philadelphia has not lost. Um, so they just they just went through a really brutal stretch, and they needed a get-right game. This provided that. Uh, Jokic has actually been back, I think, to his old self more and more each game over the last four or five. He had 20 points in this one, 11 rebounds, six assists. Uh, he looks slimmer to me. I know that's crazy, Anthony, mm-hmm. but he looks a lot better than he did a month so ago. So do I. I'm wearing black. There you go. Um, <laughs> you know, he's been hitting the weight room really, really hard. Uh, I, I think Jokic is back, and my prediction for the month of December is that, you know, I don't know how much this will catch on with the casual observer, but I think when we look back at the end of the month, um, his numbers are going to be pretty impressive. And the other story here in this game for Denver, Michael Porter Jr. has been on the outs of the rotation. He got in tonight, and you got the full Michael Porter Jr. experience. He hit back-to-back three-pointers, one of which was – um, you know, he goes down on the other end defensively, gets burned by Carmelo Anthony, really, really looked bad, just mm-hmm. looked like a rookie on defense, comes down and drains a three in his face immediately. And it was it's just one of those moments where you see, OK, his weaknesses are really, really low. But man, a 6'10", 6'11", guy that can hit a, a running three pointer, basically, um, it, it, it was kind of exciting to see. My favorite I, I'm not going to offer any serious analysis of this game. My favorite moments uh, <laughs> over the course of the game was uh, it was late in the shot clock. Hassan Whiteside goes up to challenge a Nikola Jokic floater, and the referees deemed that it didn't hit the, the rim. <laughs> and yeah. what I really loved in the moment was Whiteside. You could actually see the bubbles above his head where he's like, okay, I could get credit for a block <laughs> or the if I, or my team can get the ball. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> it was he should incredible. have added himself. Like, no, no, no. That was a block. It was uh, incredible. Yeah, because they called traveling. They called traveling on Jokic, but it was clearly blocked. That was a, a weird call. The other thing, Anthony, from this game, Carmelo Anthony makes his return to Denver. Mm-hmm. You know, he's obviously he's been back. He left the Nuggets in 2011. He has not won in Denver since then. How crazy is that? It's the it's the reverse curse of the babe. It is the reverse curse. Wow. <laughs> All right. Let's take a, a quick second here. When we come back, we're going to talk about the, the trade season officially opening up. As now, by the time you guys are listening to this over the weekend, everybody who signed their contracts in the summer are going to be eligible to be traded starting Sunday. Big day coming up. Big weekend coming up. Kicking off kind of sort of the official beginning of the, of the NBA season. I'd like to correct something I said to end the last segment. Obviously, the official start of the NBA season was back in October. The unofficial start of the NBA season comes with trade season. And that's what Adam and I are going to talk about here. We could go out and we could talk about players that we think could get traded. We could talk about teams that could target those players, whatever. But what what I think is a more fun way to have this conversation is to look at the, the the teams that are vying for for the title this year and figure out and and given the picture that we already have in front of us how can that picture change based on the trades that are made over the course of the next couple of months so adam hmm. which team do you think could most change their season with some kind of a trade starting or or some kind of trade talk starting this sunday man that's a really good question um 
man, the number one, I, I'm not sure there is a number one. I think there's yeah. a bunch of teams that are sort of in that mix. I mean, you look at it, the Lakers and Bucks very comfortably at the top of their conferences. I mean, they're they're easily the favorite in each conference. So everybody else you can't hear this. Them. I'm dusting my shoulders right now. Sorry. <laughs> but you look at teams like the Clippers, the Rockets, the Nuggets, the Jazz. I don't know that all of them can become favorites with a trade, yeah. but I do think all of them need a trade or they need some sort of shakeup to to provide them a realistic um, sort of shot at the Lakers. I think they're always going to be underdogs, but I think, it, it, you know, they all are missing something that would at least tool them up to go after them. So where are you sending Russell Westbrook is, is the <laughs> natural follow up. Yeah, I don't think that's it. I mean, I really don't. Um, but, you know, you look at the players out there. Kevin Love, Danilo Gallinari. Um, yeah. I think you look at even like your your Davis Bertans. Is he a player of a high enough caliber that could swing a series maybe for like a Clippers team? I don't think it's going to happen. You know, that's not a trade I'm trying to throw out. But, um, you know, he's he's a really good player. And then there's a bunch of lower lower level players that I think are – more in line with the types of guys you add to those lineups, Bogdanovich, Tristan Thompson, even Malik Beasley in Denver, who's on the shelf right now. You're talking about a guy that is a 40% three-point shooter on volume. You add him to one of those teams like a Utah or like a uh, Clippers, um, and and those two teams would get a lot better. Yeah, I, I think Utah especially probably needs a shot in the arm. I, I feel like Denver all, always had it, kind of its identity. They were going to figure things out eventually. Utah legitimately concerns me a little bit. They lost to Oklahoma City in a way at home, in a way that really kind of stuck out to me. Yeah. Um, and, and and I really feel like they could they could use some kind of, especially on offense, something to help space the floor a little bit. The Lakers played them, and Utah spends a lot of time playing their their offensive sets in in. Uh, a, a broom closet, basically. How about in the Eastern Conference, though? Is there a team, is there a move out there that can lift the Miamis, the Philadelphias, the Bostons, even the Torontos, the Indianas, up to Milwaukee's level? Miami's the team I maybe look at the most and would see something there. I think with both Boston and Philadelphia, their seasons to me are a process. They're both really good teams, by the way. Yeah. I think Celtics and 76ers have a real shot. Um, and we'll have a real shot when we get to April, May. But um, those teams, I think, are more of a process. Uh, Miami, Toronto, maybe even Indiana, those are the teams I look at that think they're almost certainly a piece away from making a run at the top tier. Indiana, the piece away, do you think it's more than Victor Oladipo coming back? Yeah, I do. Um, and it's funny because they're 16 and 9 despite not just him. I mean, they've had some bad injury luck and they've made it through um, with a pretty pretty darn good record sitting sixth right now in that Eastern Conference with a chance to to climb but even with him you know they just look to me like a team that that can grind you out but are they going to be a team that can put up the points to uh to compete in the playoffs are they going to be able to score enough uh that that I just don't know I think they I think they're missing something there yeah I I really want to see Philadelphia land some kind of shooting like that, they they're they're off. Well, they landed really they landed it in Matisse Thybul. I mean, yeah. I don't know how long this is like going to be sustainable for him, but man, that guy has been fun to. I mean, first of all, terrific defender. Just mm-hmm. oh, oh, it's not often we say this about a rookie, um, but he truly is an incredible defender. And then when you just look at what he's been doing from from the three point line, forty six percent. Like, I don't. It's, it's always nice when you can like, draft Ray Allen. 
Yeah, and it's yeah, and I I don't know that that's necessarily good. I don't think that's going to be sustainable. Certainly forty six, but I don't even know that. I mean, if he would have shot thirty six, I would have been uh, surprised. Um, but man, what a what a revelation he has been. Toronto has kind of come back to earth a little bit. Do you, there's there's no way they become sellers or anything like that. But do you think they kind of stay patient and, and wait this thing out, or do you think Masai Ujiri, who by the way, once again has rumors sur- swirling around him. Uh, now tied to the Knicks, do you think he tries to make another move here either on his way out of Toronto or or just to try to lift him up a, a little bit more? Well, I think his M.O. has been to make moves. I mean, he is a yep. deal maker, and, and he's not afraid to be bold. Um, if you remember, there was a lot of people who called him heartless after that DeRozan trade. and. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where had it not worked out, he probably would have that would have stuck with him. But when you win a championship, you get to say, OK, yeah, I am heartless uh, yeah. Uh, or whatever. So. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, they're an interesting team that I think has to decide. And, and I don't think they have to decide. I don't think they're a December 15th player, but I do think at the trade deadline, they're going to have to decide if they're all in on this season or not. It would be a shame to see them go all in. I just don't think that ends well. The last kind of category of move that we see every single year that when it happens, you say to yourself, what the, why would you think that you should be a buyer this year? Oh, yeah. Uh, which oh, team, yeah. which teams do you look at most confidently to say, all right, yeah, they're, they're going to be this year's head scratcher team? Well, it's the team that's always that team, which is the Phoenix Suns. Um, and you can maybe <laughs> even throw the Sacramento Kings in there. I think mm-hmm. the Kings may be even more likely to make a trade, although they might be sellers with some of the pieces that they've got. Um, Bogdanovich at the top there of the list. But the Suns, you know, they're sitting at tied for the seventh seed right now. Yeah. And we know that the Phoenix Suns would love to make the playoffs. Yep. And as you start to get into this and Sacra- tied with Oklahoma City, tied with Sacramento, Minnesota, Portland on their tails – San Antonio not fully out of it yet. Yeah, you would not be surprised if Phoenix said, man, what if we do this speed up the process thing to try to get us in so we can get swept by the Lakers? <laughs> that just seems like a Phoenix move. They're going to trade for DeMar DeRozan, and then San Antonio is going to leapfrog them and get into the playoffs anyway. <laughs> oh, oh, man, also known as the Nurkic. <laughs> Denver did with Nurk. Yep. Um, no, I could see it. Sadly, I like. I really like what they've done with that roster. But you look at players, maybe a Saric, um, Kelly Oubre, who I think has been fantastic. I mean, who knows? I, I, I could definitely see him. Even Aaron Baines, who has been phenomenal. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Indeed, we'll see. Just this... don't get rid of my guy, Javon Carter. I, I really, I, I really hope Phil or, or Phoenix doesn't screw this up. I do like the fact that they've kind of pieced together this nice little timeline that they're on, and and it's it's going in a positive direction. What you don't need Stumps. to do right now is is put your pedal to the metal and 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 try to put this thing in hyperdrive in ways that the organization probably isn't ready for right now. They stumbled into success the same way the Lakers did, man. Completely they, they, by accident. They landed LeBron. <laughs> Completely by accident, inadvertent. Tripped their that? whole way. <laughs> Tripped their whole way up to the ladder. It's that sums up my entire career. All right, let's take a uh, let's take another quick second here. When we come back, we're going to give our second edition of the pot of of the power I can't rankings wait for this, this season. Segment. Me can't neither. Wait. Me neither. I I well, I can wait. I'm a little nervous to be completely honest, <laughs> but we'll see how this thing goes. All right, just just tell me now if you have LeBron like 10th on your list. I do not have him 10th. All right, cool. 
this I'm going to tell you, though, I did make this list. Um, you know, you got to be a winner. There's some players that have been balling out that are at the bottom of the standings. I can't, I just can't have you on an MVP list. Okay. All right. So today, like I said, last week we did power rankings in the traditional sense. We ranked where the teams are right now, the top 10 teams. This year, or this week, we are going to list the top 10 MVP candidates. Starting at number 10, Adam. Oh, and by the way, I'm just going to react to Adam's list. I could have put together a list, but... You would have put together a terrible list. Yeah. and and, Um, Caruso is not on the list, Anthony. Come on now. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode of the Lockdown (laughs) List. All right. Number 10. And this was a late addition, Anthony. This guy would not have made the list if it weren't for a 38-point performance. Because quite frankly, he's been underwhelming. But I needed a representative from Philly. And so I put Joel Embiid on the list. 22 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists. Again, a little bit of a disappointing one. But who else was I going to put on from Philly? It has to be Ben Simmons. He's he's like infin- like literally infinitely upped his three-point production this year. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. Uh, That's no, a really I, good point. He, my thing with Embiid, I hope he doesn't talk himself into the idea that he can play himself into shape. It's way too early in his career for him to start thinking that way. And, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Why, why is that? Like, my, my concern here is that he's such a big dude. And if you aren't in the right shape at the beginning of the year or, or close to it, like you're setting yourself up for failure when you're that big. He's huge. I, he is so big that I'm not sure he's ever going to be an 82 game guy. And that's just the, that's just the, the fact of it. So, yeah. you know, coming in, Obviously, lowering his weight or whatever is always going to help. Um, but I just think he's a guy that's always going to have to be a maintenance conscious guy. That you're not that big, that tall, that strong, and that mobile without without certain risks, and you mitigate him. I'll be honest; he was the worst one on this list. Um, he's really good. I think by the end of the year he might be higher. But um, it, he was a tough addition just because he hasn't been that great this year. But Philadelphia couldn't leave him off. Yep. Um, my number number nine, nine Kemba. I had, this is my Boston nominee. Again, another okay. sort of balanced team. But Kemba, um, you know, I, I think the clear, like, leader of that team. You look at the numbers when they're on offense, with, or their offensive numbers when he is on the court. Just just so, so fantastic. Um, so he gets my nod for the Boston. I mean, you swap out Kyrie for Kemba. And another one, yep. Despite, yep. despite losing Horford and Boston looks better this year. Wow. He's shooting a career high from the three-point line on nine attempts per game, so career most attempts, career best percentage. Um, and then, like like you mentioned, man, it doesn't get much more plain than saying what changed on this team. Well, they lost Al Horford, which you think would be a big loss, um, but they bounced back to their best form. And I think Kemba is, in so many ways, the anti-Kyrie yep. in all the meaningful ways. Yep. Um, number eight. Number eight on number eight on my list, Jimmy Butler. Would you believe seven assists per game for Jimmy Butler? Seven assists. I think his previous career high was like five. MVP lists are tough because I, this strikes me as low for Butler, given the surprising season that Miami has had. Yeah, I, there's a lot of good players on this. That's the thing. <laughs> that's that's what's tough. Yeah, there's there's some really really good ones that I think deserve a little bit more. But um, yeah, you're right, Jimmy Butler. You know, there's some underrated pieces, I think, and some, and, and obviously the job Spo has done getting Bam. I mean, Bam Adebayo just phenomenal, but then also, you know, like Duncan Robinson, they're getting some, they're getting. He's a player 
there. They've got yeah. something out of him. They're just uh, so I don't know that it's all Butler's doing, but he's clearly the most important piece. Yep. He, but the guy, look at this list ahead of him and tell me if there's anybody that goes. Pascal Siakam, twenty five and a half points this year. He made a ten point per game jump in his production. I probably would have swapped those guys to be completely Why? honest. Miami he's is more. Siakam is two scoring games better. More, See that he's scoring two more points, two and a half points more per game than Jimmy Butler. Siakam is. Yeah, but Miami is two games better than than Toronto is right now. I mean, this this early in the two games. That's I mean, how power on. rankings work, dude. Yeah, but it's we're talking I, about. I, I can't be. I have I think to explain Siakam to you how more. power rankings work. I think Siakam does more for his team. <laughs> All right. Uh, so he's been great. Uh, ahead of him, Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't know how much I need to go into Kawhi Leonard. I think everybody kind of knows about him. Um, you know, he has missed some games. That's that's the biggest knock on him. Although he has played in 19 games this year. Yeah. 25 points per game. Um, and just doing his thing. So. And that's um, with him not looking. Yeah, he's yeah exactly. That great. He looks like that's what's crazy. Yeah. 25 points per game, and again, I mean, the Clippers. You like to harp on them, but the Clippers are really good, and um, like they're they're two in him. the West for a reason. Oh, you love to harp on them. Right. Maybe number they're... now we're in the top five. I think those last five, you know, that's a soft, you know, whatever second five. These top five though are for real. This is tough. Number five, I'm going to go with Anthony Davis. No, thank you. Um, yeah. Anthony, you know, you have to, you have to look at that Lakers and, and you know, got to get to somebody he's been, he's been fantastic. I think, you know, obviously LeBron has unlocked a lot of his game, yeah. but, uh, defensively, uh, he's just as impactful as anybody at the moment. This is, this has been one of the better defensive seasons I have seen from a Laker in my lifetime, maybe the best. Maybe the best, sure. like to, yeah. to start the season, he's probably the best defensive Laker ever. That's pretty wild. Uh, he's been very, very good. Two point three blocks, two point six blocks per game, and one point five steals. He just, just what a unique um, skill set from him. Yep. Number four. This is kind. This is where it gets really crazy. The top four. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis is an easy number. The the bottom five were an easy five. Anthony Davis was easy fifth. This top four is crazy to me. For me. The number four guy in MVP voting is averaging 39 points per game. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's James funny. Harden. I have James Harden fourth on my MVP ballot. I have him right now. 14th. Well, that's, yeah, that's just you. Um, <laughs> 38.7 points per game at the moment. Absolutely absurd. It, so he played a game the other last night. Not, not last night by the time you guys are listening to this, but Wednesday night. And was so good. That it annoyed me because he, <laughs> was he it has, against Atlanta? Well, no, he has he has these games where he doesn't have to resort to the tricks that he normally does. And you say, just do that. Just do that. That's that's the that's you're an all time great player, all time great talent. Do that. Don't resort to the cheap tricks to get to the free throw line and you would be endlessly more respected. Um, but but you know what? It's hard. Chris it's Paul- hard to argue with the production that he's had this year. Chris Paul not being on the Rockets really, really screwed us all, man. I mean, he's such a rocket calling for technicals, Oof. you know, the referee. Th- like, he just – he belongs in Houston. It would have been an all-timer. You could take the Chris Paul out of the Rockets, but you can't take the Rockets out of the Chris Paul. <laughs> there you go. You did it. Yep. Um, number three is LeBron James. What? All right. That's it. I You better give me a good ex- explanation for this one. 
Well, you have number three and number five. There's a little bit of cancellation there. He is, I think, the more important this of the two. This is why Allen Iverson won that bullcrap MVP over Shaq when he absolutely should not have won it. Hey, hey, man, you, if you can tell me the two guys that are one and two don't deserve it, then I know you're they, lying through your teeth. I, look. He's, LeBron has been incredible. He's been absolutely incredible. He's been absolutely he incredible. I mean, 11, 11 assists per game. Um, just the has, efficiency. Because you're going to have Luka second, and he has the Lakers four and a half games above Luka's Mavericks. Where is Luka's Anthony Davis? He's We're swapping Anthony Davis and Dwight Powell? Chris Tabs Porzingis. Maxi Kleber? I was told that Kristaps Porzingis is a unicorn. Yeah, you were told that by by the wrong information. Um, he might not. I don't even know if Kristaps is the second best player. He might not even be the third best player on that team. Um, yeah, LeBron, like J- look, Kayla. LeBron James. LeBron James is having an incredible season. But the nature of having a player of 80 cal- 80s caliber by your side is in a season like this, when a player is averaging thirty nine, one's averaging, and the other two are averaging thirty point triple doubles. It you know you have to start to split hairs, and that's what we're doing here. I think LeBron's been incredible, um, but. Quite frankly, his team hasn't needed him as bad as the other two teams have needed their guys. Go ahead and look at what the Lakers are 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 doing with him off the court, and then tell me they haven't needed him as much. Oh my gosh, I they can't have, believe you're absolutely. I can't believe you're actually terrible defend, with him about off the this. We saw We saw LeBron last year without Anthony Davis. He was very good. The, he was not in the MVP conversation. The, the he was very good. The top three here between Giannis, Luca, and LeBron. It could be like that game where you have like the P underneath the hat and you got to like shuffle the hats and stuff like that. Like, I think that's going to, that's how it's going to be all year. But like, I, I think at the end of the day, you got to give it to the guy whose team is tied for the second if, best record. If he was NBA. the only guy, again, if you gave Giannis Attentacumpo Anthony Davis, do you think they would have the number one record? Actually, they do have it and he doesn't have Anthony he Davis. He has two Lopez's. Luka Doncic has a team that nobody predicted to make the playoffs <laughs> right now in the third in the Western Conference. And actually, they'd be number two if they didn't lose to the Knicks somehow twice. Um, they, have, they have the number See, that one. Should knock, of, that should who, knock Luka down who, by itself. Who, who predicted that the Dallas Mavericks would have the best offense in the NBA by a wide margin? It's actually in the league constitution. If you get swept by the Knicks <laughs> over the course of an NBA season, you are not allowed to be in the top two MVP voting. That's it's It's... <laughs> I don't make the rules, man. There was in the CBA. Hey, man, the gap offensively between the Mavericks, the first place offensive Mavericks, and the second place Houston Rockets is the same as the second place Rockets and the tenth place tenth uh, place Pistons. Yeah, they are so far out in front on offense. And do you know why? Because Chris of one guy, Luka, yeah, Luka Doncic, who is just absolutely insane. I don't think we can comprehend what he is doing right now. 30 points per game, 10 rebounds per game, 9.2 assists. And that's actually before tonight's numbers. Um, it's just absolutely absurd how in control he is. He's easily ahead of LeBron on my personal MVP dal- uh, ballot, in large part because we all thought the Lakers were going to be at the top of the list. Maybe not number one, maybe not as far out ahead of everyone as they are through 25 games, but we thought they would be at or near the top. We did not think the, the the Mavericks would be at the top, and they are. Offensively, they are dominant, and it is all him. And then we got to talk about Giannis. We do have to uh, oh, ho-hum Giannis right now, who is just doing more or less what he did last year but better, um, putting up his own 31-point uh, 12, uh, 13 rebound, five and a half assist performance. And on top of that, shooting, shooting some threes, taking five three pointers a game. 
he it, it's we this he's starting to enter the hardened territory where those numbers just don't feel impressive. They are 31 points, 13 rebounds, five and a half assists. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But it just kind of feels like, oh yeah, that's just what Giannis does. He his three point shot is funny to me because every time he makes it, every single time without fail, you see it five seconds later on Twitter. If Giannis starts shooting three pointers, watch out, league. You guys, the league has been watching out on Giannis for since like two years ago. We've been watching out. There's no more. We can't watch out anymore. We can't yeah. watch out. <laughs> watch out for the rhino running at your face. Okay. All right. I, I really because I, I know. Well, well I was going to say it. about I was going to say about Giannis. The thing the thing that Giannis has brought that I don't think gets nearly enough credit is what he does on the defensive end. <laughs> He's unbelievable. He's it's it's incredible. He he does he puts these stats like you said that are so impressive and are so now the norm that they become some you know relatively speaking unimpressive because we're used to it. But to think he's doing that and then also impacting the game in similar ways on the defensive end, that's insane. It's incredible. He's sort of so obviously so Milwaukee number one defense right now, um, number three offense, just impressive and you know. Ed, I think at a certain point, your net rating doesn't really matter. But they are the best net rating by three points. Mm-hmm. The Lakers and them both yeah. share the same record. But Milwaukee's just been a little bit even more dominant statistically. And um, Playing in the East is nice. Well, it is nice playing in the East. But, you know, I, I just – what – I think – do you disagree with the list? Uh, what would your top three look like? Or top four because include Harden. Because I, I think there's a case to be made that James Harden is the MVP. I don't. I personally don't ascribe to that. But – 39 points just it doesn't happen for a reason. Yeah, I mean, I can't put Harden in my top 3. I I, I just I I can't. The, the, it it's, feels it's, it's a, a little bit. It's not fair to him maybe, but it feels a little bit like some of his production comes at the expense of the team. Whereas a guy like Luka, a guy like LeBron, a guy like Milwaukee, they yeah. also dominate their team's pers- p- possessions, but it feels like it elevates what they do. Yeah. Well, you you 100%. mentioned when you were talking about Anthony Davis, you said that he's been kind of unlocked by LeBron. Like LeBron it's should true. get credit. LeBron should get credit for that, right? And that's, yeah, but LeBron and, has also been unlocked by Anthony Davis. There's a reason this of. is a career high in assists. No, 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 no. no, no. You're right. You're we right, saw you're right. LeBron that's fair. last year. We've never seen LeBron well, we average saw LeBron double alongside assists, a and he's doing it. Crappy young core. Like, well, oh, I'm glad. Hey, man. You know what? You can have whatever you want. You finally admitted what I've. It's taken me years for you to get to admit a very crappy young core. I'm with you. Thank you. You've made a great point today. I'm. I'm. I'm here. I'm. I'm here. And, but I. All right. So I would. I would again. I would probably have. I would have Giannis first, because of his two way impact. And I would have LeBron second. And I would have Doncic. Doncic third. So you would also have Harden fourth. Are we just haters? Are we just being honestly? No, are we just being I, a little no, bit haters? No. I, I think. I think to a certain extent, like. Harden's uh, Rockets are five and a half games back of the Lakers. Yeah. And he is playing with a former MVP in Russell Westbrook. So, oh, like, yeah, Anthony Davis is still better than Russell Westbrook. No, I know, okay. I know, I know. But yeah, I'm, but you're I'm, not wrong. But you're not wrong. Yeah, you're not like wrong. If, if we were he just, has a team. If Houston we, is not short on good players. Yeah, like, if we were to, if we were to just to do the math that you were doing a second ago regarding Doncic and, and LeBron, by that math, Harden has to be fourth. All, man, all I know is if you look at that Dallas, if you stack up Houston, the Lakers, Milwaukee, and Dallas, one of those teams outside of the top guy 
is is definitely lacking more than the others, and that's Dallas. And somehow they're right there at the top. I, yeah. So to me, Doncic gets the nod over LeBron on this. Yeah. I, Let I, us know. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm curious what you. Anthony clearly is too biased for this. You know, it's it's oh that thing. I give I give him two of the top five guys at MVP voting. I ranked them number one last. It's not it's never enough with you, Anthony. Never. I'm a Laker it's fan. Never, it's never enough, man. <laughs> I beg and I, I you know I, I I give and I give and I give. The Lakers have 16 rings. I want number 17. I want to be tied with Boston. Of course, of course, nothing is ever enough. You're gonna count those Minneapolis ones, huh? I mean, if Boston's going to count the ones when they were playing against accountants, then yes. Yeah, I, At least I, I, they were in Boston. <laughs> Adam and I are going to uh, end the show here and then fight for, for about an hour off camera. Um, <laughs> but uh, have, a great, have a great rest of your week. Uh, this is a really fun week in the NBA. It's going to continue to get even more fun. You have the trade season coming along. Have everything that you people guys are going to start getting bought out because of trade season. All this fun stuff, great stuff ahead of us uh, here on the NBA channel. NHL is in full swing. Uh, NFL is getting ready for the playoffs. MLB they are uh, in in the winter meetings right now. Garrett Cole is a Yankee. Anthony Rendon is an Angel. Check out all of the shows across the entire offering of networks that we have here on the Locked On Network. Have a great rest of your week, and Adam and I will talk to you again 